Welcome to the Heathen's Guide to Life, a show with this opinionated jerk and his little brother give our take on how to live your best life. I'm Katab. What's up, world? I'm Kayla Shine. Welcome to our world, folks. Thank you for tuning in. You are in for a very interesting ride today. The word heathen in this universe called the Heathen's Guide to Life is actually an endearing term. A heathen is simply someone who lives their life unapologetically according to a belief system and a code of conduct that works for and makes sense to them irrespective of what others might think or feel. Yes, make sure you check us out at theheathensguide.com for your one-stop shop for all things heathen. You can find a full archive of our shows as well as our line of t-shirts and sweatshirts. The titles are Heathen, Our Signature, Curate Your Squad, Live Unapologetically, Love Unapologetically, and Fuckboys Will Be Fuckboys. And a new title that we just recently added, Do It Anyway. You can also connect with us on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. So search for The Heathen's Guide to Life and follow and subscribe. And while you're at it, leave a comment and share with your network. Marmy. Hey, big brother. What's How up? are you? How I'm are you? good. I'm so happy to be back on the air. Is that right? I am. Um, I feel a little rusty. I can tell you do too. And you I know. feel very attacked. <laughs> But it's, it's, I don't even know how long it's been since we've been on the air. Since May. Lord, it's been a long time. A lot has changed in my life. Um, I'm single now. You were single then. I don't think I was single then. Oh, who knows with you. Anyway, um, but this breakup has been um, so rewarding in so many ways that I could easily dedicate an entire show to it. But I'm not going to do that. I am going to uh, just... Give out little doses of wisdom as we speak about different topics from all the things that I've learned since May. So we need a whole episode about fuckboys will be fuckboys, right? Oh, shit. I feel very attacked, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how are you doing? (laughs) I, I, thank God I don't feel the way I look. Well, (laughs) I was going to say. I feel like yesterday still. Actually, I feel like yesterday. You smell like yesterday. I do not. (laughs) Why are you doing that to me? I don't smell like yesterday. It's a spirit. (laughs) It's a spirit. (laughs) Can I talk now, please? Tell them when you took your shower. (laughs) Tell them. (laughs) At like midnight. I'm not a multiple shower a day person. You gonna tell that to the world? One shower a day is enough. How many showers you had yesterday? One. At what time? Like midnight. Does that count? Does it yesterday? does. It kind of crosses both. <laughs> so it's counting the for today's shower and yesterday's shower. Okay. <sighs> Moving on. Anyway, <laughs> so much has changed in my life since we last recorded. Um, the first thing that I want to celebrate is that I reached my weight loss goal. Yeah. I lost my 35 pounds. And I was looking at video of our last show. And baby, that belly of mine. <laughs> Child, you gone. carried it well, though. I did, but... Well, damn. I'm going to brag. I mean, when you look the way I do. Girl. <laughs> um, but I lost the weight, and it's, I've kept it off um, with kind of a lifestyle change. Um, 
what else is going on? I'm growing my beard back, so I so I look real scruffy, and I usually don't I don't like to mess with my looks like that. But I'm going from having like no facial hair to facial hair, so the process of like changing over, I gotta just be humble and just be ugly for a couple of weeks. But I don't remember you not having facial hair. I went months having a goatee only. That's facial hair, bro. I had nothing on my cheeks and my face. I had only it, Kamar. I didn't have a full beard. I had a goatee. You know how I feel about that beard. Says the person who can't fucking grow one. I don't like have a full something right you now. You can't grow a beard, Kamar, so don't come for me. Anyway, um, I don't have, any, I don't have any, 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 anything else to say. Good. Over you. So... <laughs> <laughs> What's the show going to be about? So before I introduce the show, Kamar, do you have anything else that you want to say? Because I have to always give it back to you before I go on my diatribe. That's right. Let me own my power. I'm good. All right. Let's jump right in. (laughs) This week on The Heathen's Guide to Life, we're going to dive deeper into one of our founding principles. We've spent a great deal of time discussing that it all comes back to you. What that principle emphasizes is that everything that happens in your life, good, bad, and indifferent, comes back to you. You are the center. So this conversation will center on the on the principle, you are the center of your world. So much of our upbringing instills in us that you must do for others before you do for yourself. Hmm. It's like in order to be a good person, we're taught from a young age, you must put yourself to the side and make other people your priority, your parents, your family, the needy, your church, your friends. Well, I don't agree with that. I come first. I come first before my parents. I come first before my family. I come first before any and everyone in my life. Why? Because if I'm not good, then how can I be good for how can I be good to and for anyone else? I lost my sheet. <laughs> um, how can I be good for anybody else? And um, where was I? Just I No, I have a thing. I have I have a thing. This is so triggering to me. Wait. So I'm going to go back because there's a whole point that, you know, good. So we've all flown before. And when the flight attendant does their safety spiel, there's a part of it when they say you must put on your oxygen mask before anyone else's. How the fuck can I help you if I'm gasping for air? Am I considered a better person because I risk my life to save yours? You better go somewhere with that. Our Aunt Kia, the original heathen, would use this analogy that always sticks in my mind, and this will kind of be the centerpiece of our conversation. If my house is falling down, and the only way to keep it from collapsing is to stay there and hold it up, and you're in the same position, am I supposed to leave my house, let it fall all the way down to the ground so that I can go help keep your house up? So in the end, I'm left with a pile of rubble, and you're left with a structure that can be repaired. In that case, what am I left with? Who's going to pick up my pieces? Mm. I may have helped the other person, yes, but who's to say that I'll be in? Who's to say that I'll be able to sleep in their house while mine is being rebuilt? Who's to say that I'll have the means to even rebuild my house? But because I strive to be a good person, I let my shit fall to the ground in order to help the next person. How is that win-win? But what does this example mean in real life? Mm-hmm. So, Kamar, I turn it over to you <laughs> to say for you. What does that example mean to you? So, because um, you feel triggered, so and, you say. You know what? Instead of zooming in on why I feel triggered, I think I'm going to um, switch gears and just align with you for once. Ooh. I am going to align myself with this concept because it definitely 
um, reminds me of my breakup um, in a lot of ways. And do um, tell. So traditionally, I've always kind of balked at the idea of being the center of my world um, because it reminded me a lot of being the center of the world or having the world revolve around me. Okay. And as you said, that's something that most of us are raised to kind of like um, go against. Like you don't want to be a needy person. You mm-hmm. don't want to be a narcissist. You don't want to, you know, walk around like everybody owes you something. So um, you don't traditionally think about life as, you know, I'm the center of my world. But um, that concept kind of changed for me as I got deeper into my relationship. Um, As, you know, all our faithful listeners know, I was in a relationship for about um, 13 years since we were teenagers, and um, he was my first love. And somewhere along the line, I began to see him as my everything, I was his everything. He was the center of my world. Really? He was the center of my world. And I put his needs before my own Mm. a lot of times for the sake of the relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think he did the same thing for me. Um, And you got to remember, we're like, you know, um, 16, 17, getting into it. And a lot of times you lay that foundation in the beginning of the relationship. Mm -hmm. That carries on into wherever you go. So now we're adults and we take this infatuation that's turned into love and now we're building on that and I really did not find myself to be the center of my world he was and um, I lost myself in a lot of ways so how did that affect you how did that affect your how you govern your life I could not really define myself without um, defining myself as a part of my relationship mm. you know when I would do things I was like well this is this a place that I think you know um, baby would want to go to you know um when my friends would invite me places, they would just know that it would be both of us. When he didn't come in, like, oh, well, where's your boo? And I didn't really have a sense of individuality. Mm-hmm. So um, for that reason, I feel like I can definitely understand why it could be healthy to look at yourself as the center of your world because, you know, you do see everything through these two pair of eyes right here. Right. You know, you hear everything through these ears. Everything filters through you. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I kind of look at my relationship as a cautionary tale of what could happen if you don't see yourself as the center of your world. I love the term cautionary tale. It, it really sounds is. so profound. <laughs> it is, though, because um, now here I am, um, I'm pushing 30, and I'm just like really, really um, trying to figure out how. <laughs> like I said, he's 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 shading me about my age, guys. My showbiz age, but anyway, um, now, fuck it. I am at a point where I'm trying to find myself, and I've could I could have done that 20 years ago. Oh damn, I really dated myself. I could have done that 10 years ago. <laughs> If I if I would have, you know, just taken that view of being like, yo, it's about me right now. Mm-hmm. I can't be good unless, um, I mean, my, my, my folks can't be good unless I'm good. Mm-hmm. And this is something I can go on and on about because my family, they're the kind of folks that will drain the fuck out of you. So, you know. Yeah. So actually, I'll, I'll pivot and I'll kind of, I'll go in kind of like where I came, how I came up, how I... My approach to this mm-hmm, particular topic mm-hmm. is I think a lot of us tend to be 
we tend to like we tend to say yes first. We tend yeah. to like just say yes because because somebody asked us. That's why I want and, a family. Yes. And like we don't want to look bad if we you know say no. We don't want to inconvenience people, even if it means inconveniencing ourselves. And I'm like, no, no, because what happens oftentimes is if you put yourself to the side. And you do for others in whatever area of your life, then you start growing like you start to get resentful, um, and you're like almost expect like reciprocity. That's like, right. well, I dropped what I was doing to help you. Why you can't do the same for me? And but, let me tell you something: you cannot expect you from other people. Whatever you do has to be, but just because you want to do it, right? So I've so I've just like as I've I'm 40 now, right? So I've really like the older I get, the less fucks I give about everything and everybody, <laughs> and I've been like that for a long time. But I, it's really it's really present it's really present to me that like I can't be a force for anybody else. I can't stand for anybody else if like I'm falling apart. Yes. Um. Yes. And I mean I, I'm pretty like held together most of the time, but like. I I recognize my limitations and sometimes I just can't. Like sometimes I just it's just more important for me to maintain like my happy, mm-hmm. to maintain my stability before I can do anything else. And you know, like going back to family, like how often do you see people that have um parents who once their parents says do something, they stop what they're doing yeah. to because their parents says so. And I'm like, thank God I don't have that dynamic. Um I don't understand that. Like I but, don't understand like just because my father said so, I'm going to drop what I'm doing and do it. On the flip side, it goes back to like reciprocity because, I mean, in theory, your parents have done that for you your whole life. Have they? You know, in theory. And, and, and a lot of those people who I know that will drop anything for their parents is because they grew up in a more traditional type of household where their parents really did sacrifice a lot for them, you know, and they just put their children before anything. Right. They didn't have a father who was out, you know, being worldly and stuff like that. So um, a lot of times people get older and they're just like, yo, I owe my, I owe my mom my life. If she needs something, you know, I'm, I'm going to drop everything and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I get that. I really do. But I, I do believe that some family members will take advantage of that. Yeah. And if you're not um, replenishing yourself in some way, you're gonna fall victim to to just being burnt out. Yeah, I mean, luckily this doesn't show up in my family dynamic a whole lot, um, just because of how my family how my family how my family dynamic is. Yeah, yeah. But I see it a lot in terms of like just when people ask things of me. Mm-hmm. You know, you always say if you want something done, ask a busy person because they'll figure <laughs> it out, right? But like. How can I keep my word, you know, if I'm not being really present to like what's going on with me? Yeah. And so and, and sometimes it comes off sometimes this 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 like stance that I have of me being the center of my world, putting myself first, might sound selfish. Um, but for me, it's actually quite selfless. Because again, I can't help you. I can't do anything for you if I'm not good. Um, and um I think that that mentality that stance isn't really commonly held um i what else do you think about this well i feel like it's one of those things where you do have to kind of address the elephant in the room and realize that it could look rather selfish like you said but you have to kind of 
um, look at the principles as a whole mm-hmm. and realize that, you know, although we may say you are the center of your world, we also say, you know, what I do and how I act can impact other people. Yes. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Do no harm to other people. Right. You know, so it's like I could use this principle in a lot of ways to justify mad shit. Right. If I just look at it by itself. Right. Okay. You know? Um, for example, I think we were talking the other day and I was like, yeah, that's, you know, you're the center of your world. That's how I feel when, you know, I support the side chick. The side chick is not worried about what's going on at home. All right, Marge. The side chick is not worried about, you know, if he got to go take his kids to school. She ain't worried about the wife. All she's worried about is her relationship with that person. And it's not her problem to figure out what's going on with his marriage. But you know what, though? When you have an expectation, so in that situation with the side chick, if the side chick has an expectation that whatever she says, why we got to make the side chick a chick? It can be, a, it can be whatever. I'm going to say the side piece. <laughs> the side piece. So if the side piece has an expectation that their needs supersedes the dynamic of that relationship that they're invading, mm-hmm. then that's actually putting them, as putting themselves as a center of the other person's world or of the world mm-hmm. because it's totally disregarding what that dynamic is and placing themselves in the center and saying, me, 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 me. I need, I need, I need, do me, do me, do me. Do and, me. Well, <laughs> it's kind of the point of a side piece, right? Right. <laughs> but like, just because I'm putting myself first doesn't mean that I'm not mindful of like what else is going on. Like I'm the center of my world, you're the center of your world. Our engineer is is the center is the center of his world, but neither of us is the center of the world. Mm. Um, and so I think balancing those dynamics and saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm like yes, I have a need. Come on, I want you to be on time right now. Well, I can't make you do that. I don't have no power over you. All I can do is 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 govern is govern myself. And work within the confines of your world, right? I might bitch and moan and complain, but like, ultimately, you're gonna do what you're gonna do, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. Speaking of being on time, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm gonna get to that, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that, right? Because you know you have to praise folks when you when you have to praise folks. I'm a work in progress, y'all. So I feel like you know this was one of those. This is our first time back in the studio. And I had a long night, and I've been trying to prep for this show all week. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just let's just have an organic conversation yeah. about what comes up right. when I, if I put this topic out. Mm-hmm. And I like what came up, and I, I it's interesting how family kind of dominated this conversation. Heck yeah! Like that's what came up. Heck yeah! Um, and luckily that's not my experience, but you know we have different dynamics with our families. Yeah. And I could see how you know. There's, my, my there's an expectation that there's an expectation that you know family comes first. Yes, that's a big one. That family comes first yes. at whatever cost. Also, it you can kind of take um, a more of a philanthropic angle here too. Mm-hmm. And um, with my family, the more you have, the more you're expected to give. So if you're doing well for yourself, you're expected to kind of like lift up people who aren't doing well and and oh. reach out to those people. And kind of like carry them in a sense because in their eyes, like it ain't it ain't taking nothing out of your pocket to give me a ride. And that's putting and see using that <clears> example, <throat> that's them putting like themselves as the center of your world. Mm-hmm. They're placing themselves in your world and acting like you're supposed to orbit around them. Yeah. Because yeah. they need you're supposed to give. Mm-hmm. No, motherfucker, no. 
I don't but, agree with that unless you make that choice. Well, I feel like unless the caveat here for me is if that person does the same thing for you. Actually, no. I don't think so. I'm okay with that. I think if you still make the choice to put whatever it is, if you make the choice to put yourself, um, if you make the choice to put yourself to the side Mm -hmm. to do for others, it still came back to you and your choice. Word. As As long as whatever you do, you're in the driver's seat about what you're doing. I think it's fine. Oftentimes, I will drop what I'm doing because somebody like needs it, but that's my choice. So, as I guess, me saying that I'm the center of my world really only what that means is that I got to think about first. I I think about about me first, mm-hmm. and and thinking about me first, my choice might be to put others first, mm-hmm. but the choice still starts with me and it comes from a place that I generated, right? Yeah. It's not, I don't think that acting out of obligation is putting yourself first. Mm. When, if you feel obligated to do something, then you're not putting yourself first. You're putting whatever the thing that you're obligated, you're putting the object of that obligation first, See, which I don't think is, it doesn't, I don't think that comes from a place of power. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it because I'll, I'll, I'll use my relationship as an example. Whenever I did something that kind of went against the norm mm-hmm. of giving, giving, giving because he gives, gives, gives. It was like, well, I'll always do X, Y, and Z for you. You know what I'm saying? I would never for you. And I'm like, whoa, I thought you did that because you wanted to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whereas it wasn't so much that I think he did want to do a lot for me, but it became the norm. It became the expectation. Mm-hmm. And anything less than that was underperforming. Um, so in the end, I, I decided to um, put my growth first and realize that if, if this is a man who's really meant for me, if this is someone that I really do want to marry and spend the rest of my life with, I have to trust that he will be there when the time is right. Mm-hmm. But like, I can't go through life without knowing what it's like to be me and without knowing what it's like to be the center of my world without feeling guilty for it. Yeah. You know, when I would put myself first selfishly, it felt it felt like it was wrong because I'm a unit, you know what I'm saying? I'm a Oh, part. like when you had your vow when you had your vow of celibacy in your relationship? He still he still bitch about that shit. As he should. <laughs> he bitches oh. he bitches about that. But on the flip side, there were times in our relationship because we're talking over a decade. So there were times when I was going without sexually in ways that like he just could not identify with. And he's like, uh, I don't feel like it. You know? Mm. So shit, let let me do what I need to do for my own spiritual growth. And that's what it really was about, my spiritual growth. Whatever. And um and I think he accepted it when I when I put it in in a way of like you know I need this for me right and um, to this day like you know he's really my he's one of my best friends it's been about eight months now and like like we're just mad close I talk to him every day but um, it's 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 just knowing that sometimes you have to isolate yourself in order to grow and um, you know I'm really good at isolating myself <laughs> so baby I'm growing I'm growing like a flower baby but. <laughs> But yeah, that's 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 my take on it. I think it's very important as long as you realize that you're not the center of the world. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? You have to take that that um distinction into account. Yeah, I think we've I've kind of like exhausted this topic. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say, but I will sum it up and say that um the idea of being the center of your world really it it comes it comes back to 
moving from a place of power so that whatever choices you make in your life, they come from you, they generate from you. Um, whether it be in your work, in your family, in your career, um, in your in your philanthropy, whatever it is, whatever moves that you're making come from a choice that you made, yeah. and not out of obligation <clears throat> to anybody else. Mm. And that's kind of where we are with that. So I am going to pivot. Hold on, you're not going to ask me what else I have to say about this. I don't do that usually at this point. I think you should. Fine. I have one more thing. To okay, say. good. Okay. I think um, this is very important when it comes to mental health. Mm. And um, yes, it's very important because so many times we run ourselves into the ground and we, we're doing it for a job, we're doing it for a cause, and you know, we're doing it for whatever we think is bigger than us. Yeah. And I work with so many people who just never use a sick day, they come in. They spreading coronavirus <laughs> because they feel like it's the the right thing to do. Yes. And you know what I'm saying? And then God forbid they drop dead, their seat is filled within three days. Baby, you know what I'm saying? This is that role is gonna be fulfilled. You yes. know? Because you're like, the job comes first. I gotta do this first. And it's like that's respected and and in some industries that does get you very far. Right. But but at what cost? At what cost? At what cost? You know what I'm saying? You've sacrificed so much of yourself. You come home, you know, you don't know your kids like that. They hugging the nanny, calling them, you know, daddy and shit because you just you're never there. Yeah. But you've acquired all this respect in your field. And let's be real. Bosses really do respect those people. A lot of bosses respect those people who just sacrifice so much because it's it's self-serving. So yeah, yeah, this person never takes a sick day. They have like two months of vacation stacked up, and that's that's blah blah blah. And it's like, yo, you have to put yourself first. Yeah, you have to think about what's going to happen to you when this job is gone, when this cause is over, when in the in, at the end of the day, at the end of the at day, the end of the day. <laughs> You know what? I, I have the perfect thing to sum this up. Do it. And it's always it's always a Janet Jackson lyric. I love it. I love it. St. Janet. Wherever you go, mm -hmm. there you will be. Special. Yes. And on that note, I actually don't want to talk any shit today. Good. I want to celebrate and praise instead. Celebrate and praise. That's not you. <laughs> I feel very attacked. What's happening here? Well, I do grow. I grow, right? You have grown over the past nine months. Or so. I grow. I grow. I grow. What are we celebrating? I'm going to first celebrate and praise Kamar. <laughs> For what? I'm going to celebrate and praise you because today you were running late. Mm -hmm. And rather than do your usual thing and not say anything <laughs> and just be late and let me yell at you. Yes, yes. You did the very thing that I always ask of you is to just communicate. You said, Katab, I ain't leave the house yet. We'll meet at the studio. Mm -hmm. And I was like, bet. Mm -hmm. Like, bet. Mm -hmm. Bet. Like, so I celebrate and praise you for your own growth. Thank you. And for just being a better communicator. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, and we were on time for our session. And it so it, I, I was definitely Actually, we were. We were. We were. I was time. here. I'm not about you. Were you really? You were like fooling with your phone. I was in my seat, ready to go. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. We were on time. I'm not. I'm not gonna derail things. You we're know gonna, what? We're gonna keep. That's what I get for being nice to your ass. <laughs> all right? No, no, we were fine. We were fine. Um, but I, you know, I really do appreciate that because 
a lot of times when, when we bitch at people for not doing what we feel they should do and for not rising to their potential, we don't celebrate the little things that they do to make the little wins. The little wins. The little wins. You know what I'm saying? And um, because we have time to talk shit, I will say that this is um, being on time has always been an issue for me. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that I am taking up in therapy. I have begun therapy. I got to chill when you said therapy. <laughs> It's, so it's been a long, long time coming. And it's one of those things that has always been, I don't want to say on my bucket list, but I always felt like when I rise to my higher self, what does my higher self look like? Mm-hmm. My higher self is on time. My higher self is in therapy. And my higher self takes his well-being into account. Uh, right? Oh, God. Right? It sounds like Iyala made that up. <laughs> but that's those are, those are the things that... Um, have become important to me as, yeah. a, as a single man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I have the time to do those things because it's all about me right now. Yeah, I'm not trying to like, you know, do all these things for my relationship and my household. It's just me. And when I, when I talk to my ex and I tell him those things, I'm like, see, this is what being single looks like for me. Mm-hmm. It's not about out there fighting and popping. You know, it's about just trying to be my best self right. and using my solitude in a positive way. So, um, yeah, shout out to my therapist. And shout out to my little brother. <laughs> I'm going to also celebrate and praise yourself. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't going to. Sorry. This isn't about me right now. This isn't about me. Who are we me. celebrating? Let's celebrate. We're going to celebrate Janet Jackson. Oh, my goodness. Because Janet had the fucking unmitigated gall to drop on us a tour mm-hmm. and an upcoming album mm-hmm. with no notice. No notice. Blew my fucking credit card out, <laughs> having to get tickets when it went on sale because right. I sent Janet, to. You have and to. I had one day notice. But that was when I got that when I got that note that she's doing a tour and a new album. I know how to act. Can we just talk about how she is the um, epitome of just wellness? Wellness to be over fifty, to have a child, to be doing all these tours and stuff like that. I just always, like, I feel like she's being so good to us. Like, what? what is she hiding? Does she have cancer? Is she dying? Like, is she about to retire? It's just too good. We don't call her St. Janet for nothing. Oh, my goodness. And, like, she looks so youthful. And Well, that's that's the Botox and the fillers. So can we talk about that? Because I feel like she looks the same as she's always looked. She had a little enhancement. Where? Her face looks tight. Really? Just looks a little tight. Really? As you get older, you don't get tighter. Unless you have enhancements. Mm. You lose collagen in your face. You 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 lose elasticity. So if you 50 and you still look how you did when you 30, I mean, good black doesn't crack. But when you look at Janet carefully, there's a fullness to her face that was a little enhanced. Wow. You I support got, it. You're good. I support it. I can't it. tell, but she is a Jackson. I support it. Yeah. <laughs> I support it. Sidebar. What do you think Beyonce's had done? She had. I, it appears to me that that it appears to me that Beyonce had her nose refined uh, a few years ago, and now it looks like she got um, some body sculpting. That ad campaign that she did for Ivy Park mm-hmm. for Adidas, her ass was looking real different. It was very hourglass. And it wasn't. And it wasn't like oh, she just gained weight. She looked shapely in a way that happens on a on a on a on a, on a an operating table. But I support it. So this is the thing, and I've gotten a lot of flack for saying this about Beyonce, but I think her look is very motherly now. That's fair. She's almost 40. I get that, and she's she's also the mom of three children, but I just don't expect that from her. 
I feel like the boobs are really full and it's like she doesn't show her stomach anymore. And you know, because she had a C section. Well, I feel like if you're gonna be our black superhero, like, can you please just kind of like um, maintain the status quo? Come on, so you expect, so you wanna see a 40 year old woman in like some low rise jeans and a crop top? Hasn't Janet evolved her look over the years as she's gotten older? Is she, <sighs> yeah, is she, that, is she at that. 53? Is she wearing the things that she wore? During the Velvet Rope time? We haven't seen Janet's stomach in like 10 years. No. This we, is true. I, that's fine. This is true. But I mean, I feel like Beyonce is like just a few years older than me. So I'm like, damn, if Beyonce got to cover up, do I got to cover up? Well, you ain't never <laughs> well, you ain't never uncovered, bro. <laughs> I put the girls out now. In child, the summertime. No, you don't. Child. This cleavage. Child. <laughs> All right, come on. Hurry up. Are you done? I am so done. Well, that's our time together. We hope to not only entertain you, but to provide you with some new or different perspective about the various topics we discuss. Join the conversation and share your thoughts on today's topic. Yes. And please look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Just give us a search for The Heathen's Guide to Life. And on Instagram, it's at Heathen's Guide, no apostrophe S. Make sure you go to our website, theheathensguide.com, sign up for the mailing list, check out the archives of all of our shows, and buy some heathen merchandise. Also, look us up on Mixcloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, and new this season is YouTube. Wow. Bitch. <laughs> Leave a comment and some share with your friends. Tune in next week for another episode of The Heathen's Guide to Life. Bye, guys. Bye.